I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. This week on Fifth Emission, we're keeping the focus on wildfires and the PG&E power shutoffs. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast to hear updates from our reporters and editors. Some of these will be brief, some of them a little bit longer, but they'll be directly from journalists in the field. For the latest information on both fires and power, follow our coverage at sfchronicle.com or download the San Francisco Chronicle app and get alerts on your phone. Here's the latest update. Esther Mobley is our award-winning wine writer, wine critic, wine taster, wine everything for us. Um, Esther, I know you were working all weekend um, to talk to some of the people that you know in wine country in the Alexander Valley about what was happening there. Why don't you give us just an overview of what is the status of the wineries in wine country? So um, when the Kincaid Fire first uh, hit late Wednesday night, Um, By Thursday, we could kind of assess the damage, and there hadn't been any winery damage at that point. Um, But then Saturday night, uh, the fire really revved up again, thanks to the winds. And um, Soda Rock Winery, which is a really important historic property in Alexander Valley, um, was singed. It it is a pile of ash. Um, I spoke to its owner, Ken Wilson, yesterday, and he was really distraught. He had just had to evacuate from his own home in a different part of Healdsburg and was kind of in shock. He hadn't actually been able to get back to the winery. The roads were still closed. So So he was looking at our photos probably because he couldn't get there and the journalists could of the winery burning. Exactly. That must be so hard to see on the media when you can't actually get to it yourself. I think it's so frustrating and just adds to the sense of a total loss of control. Yeah. Um, I, I, You know, I think I, before we go a lot further, I want you to address one thing that I, I think came up before in the 2017 wine country fires, which is people saying, you know, we have almost 200,000 people who have been evacuated from this area. Why are we only talking about wineries? And and I think it's important for everybody to remember this is California's largest by by value agricultural product. It's a forty billion dollar industry in this state, and it, it's what a lot of people know about this area of California. Certainly, um, and in Sonoma County, and specifically in Alexander Valley, it is the economic uh, lifeblood of everyone. I mean, if you drive. Like, um, you know, it's the scenic route from Calistoga to Healdsburg through Alexander Valley. And when you're driving that stretch of Highway 128, you have no cell service. Um, it's so beautiful. It's It feels really remote um, between those two towns. It kind of feels like a world in and of itself. It's really different from the rest of Sonoma County. It's the Cabernet region um, where a lot of other parts of Sonoma County are kind of Pinot Noir focused. And it's rugged, it's mountainous, it's high elevation. It's a really tight-knit community, a lot of families that have been there for many generations. And so, yeah, um, it's not just talking about some superfluous luxury product. It's really talking about a way of life for this little village. Right. And, and you know, the the wineries and everybody up in this area have been dealing with two problems. The f- one that hit the first was power instability and not knowing if they would have power. And it's a critical time at all these wineries when they need power more than any time. And 
and tell us about how they're coping with that. It's kind of um, a terrible irony that wildfire season is harvest season. They just overlap. Um, That's the way it works. So this is the time of year when wineries are busiest and when they really need power for any number of things. I mean, if you're bringing in grapes, uh, that requires a lot of machinery and equipment to crush them, to sort them, to de-stem them, to pump them into tanks or barrels, to press them. And uh, that all requires electricity. Um, But the more delicate thing, because you could always postpone picking grapes and doing all that, is um, temperature control. That really um, fermentations and wine really at every stage of its life depends on being in this very specific kind of temperature band. And it could really ruin your wine. And this is your only chance all year to make your business's only product. Right. Um, That's an excellent point. I mean, every other business is relying on something that you produce all the time. So you have a bad week and it might be bad, but this is like a one-shot deal for a lot of people. Exactly. So um, that's been, everyone's been really scrambling to try to sort that out. Um, You know, the those power outages are affecting every business, every person in different ways. Um, But we're seeing a big run on generators and uh, a lot of wineries that couldn't get generators in time by the time they heard that the power outages might be coming. Generators, of course, aren't just like a plug and go kind of thing either. So um, and then I've spoken to a lot of wineries that just don't have generators and um, they're hoping the sellers don't get super hot. Well, they also have a lot of tourists coming in this time of year. It's a very romantic time to be in wine country and not having power means you probably are going to not have as good of a tasting room experience, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them can't stay open if there's no power. Um, A lot of them uh, have wells that run on electricity for their water. So no power means no water. Uh, So, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, questions wrapped up in that. And of course, the big question for everyone in California is, are, is this going to just be more frequent? Is this something you're going to have to weather all the time? So the other problem is, of course, the fire itself. Um, as you said, at the beginning, it seemed like maybe the wineries would be spared. That became very clear that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, Soda Rock, tell us a little bit about the history of Soda Rock because it's it's uh, if anybody's ever been there, it's a really interesting place that they clearly put a lot of time and love into restoring. Soda Rock's uh, main winery building dates back to the 1860s, and um, Ken Wilson was explaining to me that um, their historical records indicate it was really the focal point of Alexander Valley in that time. All the farms in the valley um, had to pass through it to get to the post office, the general store, and to the town of Healdsburg. Um, when the Wilsons bought it in the year 2000, um, it had been pretty much empty and uh, gone kind of unloved since uh, the mid-80s. And Ken Wilson, who owns a number of other wineries throughout Sonoma and a couple in Mendocino County, um, this isn't his only project, but he really felt a strong personal connection, he was explaining to me, to the place, respected the history, and spent a lot of time restoring it. And it's a beautiful place. A lot um, of I've been to a lot of events there, too. Yeah. I think it, it's still sort of a gathering place for people in the in the area. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's a real loss. It, it was a wonderful place. Um, his other winery, De Lormier, uh, was spared. So um, 
that's still there. But uh, that's that was a huge loss. We don't know of any other wineries at this point um, that have been burned. Other uh, properties have sustained some sort of damage. There's been damage um, documented at Fieldstone, but um, the main cellar uh, was not burned, um, though it may have been damaged. There was damage to another building at Alexander Valley Vineyards. Um, we had heard a lot of rumors that Hannah Winery was burned, but that's not the case. That's confirmed by both our own reporter, Megan Cassidy, who went to it, and by the winery whose um, staff has been able to get back. And at one point, I think there was even some questions about whether Skipstone, which is a fairly new winery, too, in sort of an amphitheater bowl part of the valley, whether that would be damaged. Was there anything that happened there? General, Their general manager, Brian Ball, um, I spoke to him I've been speaking to him over the course of the last few days, and I spoke to him today. Their main building is fine, um, but there were some structures damaged on the property, and I don't know uh, which structures those were yet. So it looks like so far we've gotten away with fairly minimal damage, except at Soda Rock, but there was also the Kendall Jackson family home that was destroyed. Can yeah, you tell us about that? It wasn't the family home. It was the home of... Um, Julia Jackson, who's the daughter of Barbara Banky, who runs um, Jackson Family Wines, which makes Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Um, it's uh, nearby the family home. But um, yeah, um, on the very first night of the fire, Wednesday night, uh, Julia Jackson, who um, kind of ironically is really dedicated to climate change issues in her work. She runs a big climate change summit. She had to flee in the middle of the night, and by morning, her house was gone. Probably one of the first structures that yeah. the Kincaid fire took out. So what does this portend for the status of the 2019 vintage? Or is it too early to tell? Because I, I think a lot of the grapes had been picked, so they were probably fermenting in tanks. Does that mean they're safe? So, yeah, the Sonoma County Vintners... Uh, the figure they gave me was that the uh, harvest was 92% complete throughout the county. Um, however, and we don't know the exact percentage for Alexander Valley, but the grapes they grow in Alexander Valley are later ripening than many other parts of Sonoma County. Cabernet ripens later than Pinot. So um, this would be one of the la last regions to finish picking. Um, a number of growers I've talked to, wineries I've talked to in Alexander Valley say they were mostly done, but almost everyone I've spoken to said they still had some grapes on the vine. Um, it's, I think it's, it's fairly safe to assume that most of those will not be uh, usable for wine. They'll um, be too smoky, essentially. Um, the question of um, wines that are already resting in whether they're still fermenting in tank or whether they're done fermenting and have begun to age in barrel, that's a that's another big question. Um, if smoke seeps into a winery building, um, there's some evidence that that could then taint the wines with smoke. Um, but for instance, I was speaking regularly with the winemaker at Jordan Winery, um, which the fire didn't actually get to, but she was really, really worried about the smoke. And she was just conscious about the venting system and keeping the doors closed and never opening them. And they normally have uh, openings, you know, that they had closed on the ceiling. So um, we'll just have to see. I mean, the funny thing is wine has such a long life cycle uh, that 
We're only just now beginning to see wines from the 2017 vintage come to market. So um, I think these questions of of, um, wildfire season vintages, um, we still don't really, really know how that is going to play out in the long term. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because it was just last weekend that uh, my family was in uh, Healdsburg and Geyserville, and we went to a place that's very close to Windsor, which of course is under mandatory evacuations. I'm sure these winemakers have been evacuated and are not able to get to their tanks themselves. But while we were there, we bought a bottle that had a painting of the phoenix, a a phoenix on it, and it was one of these um, wine country year fires from 2017. And uh, I'm happy to report that it tasted awesome. <laughs> um, but but you do worry, like, in addition to worrying about your business, they're also not able to go back to their homes either. Right. It's a lot of stress. So one of the things that I, I think we, we've been talking about in the newsroom a lot is whether the very thing that is saving homes in wine country are these wineries themselves because it turns out that that grapevines are really good fire breaks. They seem to be. Um, I was just on the phone uh, before we came down here with Chris Hanna, who's the president of Hanna Winery, who was, I mean, I hear this from almost every person I speak with, that you can see the pattern that the fire took. I mean, you can see the char. And it goes through the vineyard, through the vineyard, and then it stops right before a building in a lot of cases. Um, it It's kind of an obvious mechanism. Vines are living plants. They're full of water and green tissue, and fire uh, doesn't do well when put up against that. Um, it's not that vines are stopping any kind of large-scale wildfires, especially because these fires we know are jumping a lot, that there's these spot fires with embers that carry and then wind wind exacerbates that. But um, when it seems like in a lot of small individual cases on individual properties, and I saw this too in 2017, that the vines are really um, weakening the fire and then stopping it before it hits something. Um, the vines can be singed. Some of the vines might die. Sometimes they don't. Um, but uh, certainly vines can be replanted and it can be a lot more difficult to rebuild a building, especially a historic building, or worse, to replace your entire business's product inventory. Right. But the thing about rebuilding a building is it, it may take a year or two, but if you have to replant a vineyard, these vines, they they take a long time to get to maturity too. And, you know, a couple of years before they're producing fruit. So I would guess in some cases you could probably rebuild a building even faster than you could replant a vineyard. Yeah, maybe. I mean, vines essentially take uh, usually three years before they're producing fruit, and you typically consider they're not producing their best fruit in those first couple of years. Um, After the 2017 fires, I followed a vineyard that had been right in the path of the Nuns fire, Um, and It was this really funny kind of everyone trying to figure it out on the fly what was happening here. I I remember seeing the vineyard manager there cutting into individual vines to see if the tissue inside was brown or green. And it was so idiosyncratic, just so hard to predict. Um, One vine would be fine. One vine wouldn't be. Um, And overall in that vineyard, the majority, you know, it was a pretty small percentage of vines that they were going to just have to rip out. Um, but vines are, are the, 
the beginnings of next year's grapes are already living. So there's there's layers to the life cycle here. And if one vintage's crop is gone, it may not mean the next one is in a, in the same vine. So the last thing I want to ask you about, and, and I know you hear this a lot from wineries um, when something like this happens, which is please stop reporting that everything is destroyed because, you know, wine country is a really big place. And we're talking about Healdsburg, Windsor, like this part of the Alexander Valley being impacted right now. But, you know, this is not Napa right now or St. Helena so far. So what what do you think people, if we wanted to go to wine country to show support, is it appropriate to still go out, out there? Well, uh, it is. you won't be able to get anywhere where there's an evacuation zone and a road closure, but absolutely. Um, I think the air up there is pretty smoky right now, so um, it might not be super pleasant, but um, wine country remains open for business. And this was a, a hugely frustrating thing for wine country after 2017, where there was this widespread perception around the world that everything had been burned to the ground. And even during those sets of fires, I mean, between the Tubbs fire and the Atlas fire and the Nuns fire and these kind of vast and diverse stretches of Napa and Sonoma counties, there were still ultimately really only a couple, a handful of wineries that were completely destroyed. Um, And in general, within a few weeks, um, the valleys kind of looked open for business as usual. Um, and so uh, we're really still in the throes of it, um, still at low percent of containment. I mean, it's not safe to go up to the fire zone right now, but um, absolutely. I mean, we're we're talking about hundreds of miles of uh, very different types of towns and wine countries. I was in Berkeley this past weekend um, at Donkey and Goat Winery, which is an urban winery in Berkeley. And the staff there was saying that they were getting a lot of people who had said they'd planned to go up to Sonoma that weekend, but um, hadn't. So it's also worth worth reminding people that wine country exists really all over the Bay Area, in the South Bay, in the East Bay, as well as in the North Bay. And um, there's there's still a lot of great places and opportunities to drink wine. That is that is definitely, if nothing else that we said is a thousand percent true, that is definitely, definitely true. Esther, thank you so much for your reporting during this crisis and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Audrey. Follow the Chronicle's coverage of wildfires and power outages at sfchronicle.com by downloading the Chronicle's app and by staying subscribed to the Fifth Emission podcast. Thanks for listening.